I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Breaking Down, a podcast analyzing the Twilight books from a literary perspective. Today we'll be looking at chapter 11 of Twilight, titled Complications. So where we left off, Edward and Bella were in the cafeteria and he was pretty much saying how much he loves to drink the blood of mountain lions. And Bella's like, oh, I can't wait to see that one day. And he's like, definitely not. But in the meantime, we're late for class. Let's go. So Bella starts the chapter off by saying, everyone watched us as we walked together to our lab table. (sighs) Of course, everyone's watching her. She definitely believes that she's the main character of her own book. And she says, I noticed that he no longer angled the chair to sit as far away from me as the desk would allow. Instead, he sat quite close beside me, our arms almost touching. (laughs) Isn't that romantic when your boyfriend doesn't sit as far away as possible from you? (laughs) And then she says, Mr. Banner backed into the room then. What superb timing the man had. Which is confusing because this is his classroom. He walks in at the same time all the time. And what did he interrupt? The fact that your arms were about to touch? (laughs) It's not like he came in and pulled you off one another. Like, you weren't really doing anything. So he's wheeled in a VCR and a TV because this is the early 2000s, so people still watched VCRs. And they're watching... They don't actually say what they're watching. It could be anything. She says it's a movie, but, but we don't know what it is. Why are they watching a movie? Like, I know we used to watch movie in classes as well, but, like, it would be, like, English class. Or, like, in history, we'd watch a history movie. What could they possibly be watching in biology class? What movie would that be? Like, you can't just have in your lesson plan that you're going to show the kids any old movie, Mr. Banner. You have to have it thematically resonant with what class you're teaching. And so it's a science class. What are they watching? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, maybe? I can't think of any other sciencey movies. Especially none to do with biology. Like, I don't know, Jurassic Park had science in it. And cloning, I guess. So maybe, maybe they're watching Jurassic Park. But, Mr. Banner, this is not a good reflection on your teaching skills. Can't just show a movie willy-nilly. So Mr. Banner turns all the lights off, and she's suddenly hyper-aware that Edward's sitting less than an inch away from her. That's very close. That's a lot of close contact, even though those science lab benches are generally quite wide. And she said she had a crazy impulse to reach over and touch him, to stroke his perfect face just once in the darkness. I mean, I feel like that's just skipping over the hand-holding phase, right? Like, who goes straight to the (laughs) face-touching? Hold his hand first, Bells. 
So she sits there with her hands balled into fists to help her resist the compulsion to touch his face. And she looks over and she sees that he's doing the same thing. And so they sort of keep looking at each other sideways and he's grinning and smoldering even in the dark. This is just really highlighting the fact to me that Steph is a Mormon. I remember her writing these books and like in interviews, she was saying how she wanted it to be like a Mormony, no sex before marriage type relationship. And I can see that because they're sitting next to each other and with bald fists instead of like just holding hands. And then they're just staring at each other being like, this is wild. It's very lame. (laughs) So she looks away before she can start hyperventilating. And she says, it was absolutely ridiculous that I should feel dizzy. And I'm thinking, Bella... You're probably dizzy because, again, you didn't eat anything at lunch. You had a couple of bites of an apple and a couple of bites of a pizza. And that's it. You need to eat more. This is why you're always getting dizzy. But she's so distracted, she couldn't even concentrate on the movie. And she says, I didn't even know what subject it was on. Could it be a documentary? I mean, she called it a movie. And in my book, a movie is is a piece of fiction. So maybe it was a fictional movie. I'm, I'm really, I'm really quite perplexed. And she doesn't know what subject it's on, so it's certainly not about biology. Maybe it's Shrek. Maybe they're just watching Shrek. What other movies were popular in 2005? Let's look back. Okay, so a VCR in 2005, it could have been a number of things. It could have been that horrible Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake. It could have been Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That's, that's probably the contender, starring Jacob Black. Hitch, uh, Nanny McPhee, Batman Begins, Brokeback Mountain. Wouldn't you just have loved if Mr. Benner rolled in Brokeback Mountain and said, kids, this is what we're learning about today. We're learning about butt sex in a tent. (laughs) Uh, That's some biology for you. Okay, it's probably not Wedding Crashes. I'm thinking it's Fantastic Four. Because that's that's the most science-y one that I can see. That, wow, 2005 was great for movies. Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Oh, got Monster-in-Law. 40-Year-Old Virgin. What a great year for film. That's neither here nor there. So she says she can't concentrate on the movie. The overpowering craving to touch him also refused to fade. And I crushed my fists safely against my ribs until my fingers were aching with effort. Just touch him. Just touch him. He's your boyfriend. Who's stopping you? Do you need a purity ring or something? But then the hour's up. So Mr. Banner stops the movie and Edward's like, well, that was interesting. So maybe it was Shark Boy and Lava Girl. That's got an interesting plot, that one. So he walks her to Jim and she's like, oh God, Jim again. And they walked in silence again because they have nothing to talk about. And when they get to Jim, he stares at her and there's like this weird, awkward tension between them. So he raises his hand and swiftly brushed the length of her cheekbone with his fingertips. His skin was as icy as ever, but the trail his fingers left on my skin was alarmingly warm. It'd been like I'd been burned, but didn't feel the pain of it yet. And then he walks away without a word. So she had the overwhelming urge to touch his face. And then he actually goes and touches her face. And I'm thinking, why are you skipping over handholding? Why is that his goodbye to just brush her cheekbone? Give her a tight squeeze on the shoulder. Pat her on the tush. Pat her on the tush and say... See you after gym, toots. Have fun at gym, toots. Surely that'd be more appropriate than a cheekbone graze. So she goes into gym in a daze and then someone hands her a tennis racket and she's like, oh no, that's going to hurt someone. And they have to get into teams of two and Mike 
volunteers to get stuck with Bella. So he's he's taken one for the team because she sucks. And the short story is it didn't go smoothly, so she did hit herself in the head with the racket and hit Mike's shoulder with that same swing. So she spent the rest of the hour in the back corner of the court holding the racket safely behind her back. Mm, okay, whatever. But Mike still won three out of the four games without her, so good for Mike. And after the games, he gives her a high five, and he's like, so? And she's like, yeah, so what? And he says, you and Cullen, huh? And his tone was rebellious. And she says, that's none of your business, Mike. And he says, I don't like it. And she says, you don't have to. And he says, he looks at you like, like you're something to eat. So Mike's, Mike's very perceptive. Good for Mike. He's clocked it. He's clocked it. So she giggles back and then he's staring at her. And so she waves and runs off to the locker room. And then it says, I dress quickly. Something stronger than butterflies battering recklessly against the walls of my stomach. My argument with Mike already a distant memory. And I was like, how can it be a distant memory? It just happened like a minute and a half ago. And the butterflies in your stomach, that's just you being hungry because you didn't eat a proper lunch again. But what she's really thinking about is Edward, of course. And she's like, should I wait with him at his car? Will his family be there? And then she's like, oh my God, do they know that I know? And then she goes, was I supposed to know that they knew that I knew? <laughs> I was like, it's just reminded me of that episode of Friends. Like, they don't know, we know, they know, we know. When everyone finds out about Monica and Chandler fucking. <laughs> but Edward's waiting for her in the car park. And he's like, how was Jim? And she says, fine. And she lies. And then he looks at Mike. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, Newton's getting on my nerves. And then she's horror struck because she's like, you were listening in again. And all traces of her sudden good humor had vanished. How's your head? He asked innocently. And (laughs) instead of saying, I haven't had any complaints, she says, you're unbelievable. And she turns and she stomps away. She's really pissed off. And he runs after and he's like, I was just curious because you'd said I'd never seen you in gym. They get in his car and he's like, oh, are you still angry? And she's like, yes, of course, definitely. And he's like, will you forgive me if I apologize? And she's like, yeah, but you have to mean it and promise not to do it again. And he said, "Mm, how about if I mean it and I agree to let you drive Saturday? And she says, oh, okay, deal. Because she thinks it's the best offer she'll get. So she's asked him not to eavesdrop. And he's like, yeah, I can't promise that. And she just rolls over and says, okay, whatever. She's a doormat. I say this every week, but she's a doormat. And then all of a sudden they're already at Charlie's house because he drives so fast and she doesn't realize that he's driving really fast because she's so swept up in his face or something. And I find it interesting that she calls it Charlie's house instead of her house. It's like, it's been a couple of months, Bella. I know, I know Phoenix is home for you, but just, just fucking embrace it, please. And then they talk about that awkward moment in the cafeteria when he said he didn't want her to see him hunt. And he said, did I frighten you? And she says, no, I lied, but he didn't buy it. And just quick sidebar, remember a couple of chapters ago after the car crash when she's like, I don't want to lie for you. I hate lying. I'm not good at it. And I'm like, you've lied four or five times this chapter so far. You don't seem to have a problem with it when it suits you. And he says, yeah, it would be really bad for you to be there when I'm hunting because when I'm hunting, we give ourselves over to our senses and we govern less with our minds, especially our sense of smell. If you were anywhere near me when I lost control that way, and then he shakes his head and like, gets really sad. So yeah, he's pretty much saying 
if you were around me while I'm hunting, I would pretty much kill you. And then he he's the one that's meant to feel sad from that statement instead of her. And she controls her expression not to give her reaction away to Edward because she doesn't want to hurt his feelings. You're the potential murder victim here, Bella. Start acting like it. So she gets out of the car all dizzy because of... I, I guess because of him, but in my head it's still because she hasn't had a proper lunch. And when she steps out, he winds down the window and he says, Oh, Bella. And she's like, yes. And he says, tomorrow it's my turn. And she says, your turn for what? And he smiles and flashes his gleaming teeth and he says, ask the questions. And then he speeds off. Why do you have to allocate a separate day for each of you to ask one another questions? Like it's called a back and forth. You ask one, he asks one, you ask one. His answer prompts you to ask a different one. Then maybe something that you've said makes him say something. Like dialogue doesn't have to be taking turns. It just seems really transactional the way they're getting to know each other. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah. That plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Because Edward seems genuinely interested in, in learning about her personality and she's just interested in his face. His eyes, his smile and the quick glances of muscle whenever she looks at his clothes. So that night she dreams about Edward, and I think it's a sex dream, because she pretty much says she's tossing and turning in bed, restlessly waking up often, and she doesn't get a really good sleep. So there's a lot of sexual attention there. And I think it's because he sat less than an inch away from her in biology. That's just 
really turned her on. So she wakes up the next day and she's pretty tired, but also pretty edgy. So she puts on her brown turtleneck. Yuck. You're trying to impress this boy, so you wear a brown turtleneck? What a turn on. (laughs) Blech. So she eats a bowl of cereal while Charlie cooks some eggs for himself. Good to see her eating. And he quickly checks in about Saturday and he's like, you're still planning to go to Seattle? And she's like, yep. And he's like, did no one ask you to the dance? And she was like, oh, it was girl's choice to ask. And it's pretty awkward. And he frowns and she sympathizes with him because she thinks it must be a hard thing to be a father, living in fear that your daughter would meet a boy she likes, but also having to worry if she didn't. How ghastly it would be, she thought shuddering, if Charlie had even the slightest inkling of exactly what I did like. Like, yeah, he wouldn't be that impressed with you dating a vampire. And can you blame him? So Ed was there to pick her up and he's like, good morning. And she's like, yeah, how you going? And he's like, oh, you look tired. Which is not something you say to the girl you're interested in, Edward. And you're pretty much saying she looks like shit because his gaze lingered on the circles under her eyes. And she's like, oh, I couldn't sleep. I'm like, you can lie, Edward. You can say, good morning. You look great in your ugly brown turtleneck. Ugly brown's a great color on you. But yeah, she's like, I couldn't sleep. And she swings her hair around her shoulder to provide some measure of cover the infamous hair curtain. And he says, oh, neither could I. And they laugh and laugh because he can't sleep because he's a vampire. What a fun novelty. And so she says, so, well, what did you do last night? And he chuckles. Edward the chuckler. Chucklehead Edward. And he says, not a chance. It's my day to ask questions. And she says, oh, that's right. What do you want to know? Bella, you should still be allowed to ask a question on a day that he's asking questions. And she says, I couldn't imagine anything about me that could be in any way interesting to him. I'm not going to disagree with that. But he says, what's your favorite color? And his face is grave. Why why would his face be grave there? And she rolls her eyes and she goes, it changes from day to day. And he's like, well, what's your favorite color today? And he was still solemn. Why is he solemn? And she says, probably brown. And he's like, brown. (laughs) And she says, yeah, brown is warm. I miss brown. Everything that's supposed to be brown, tree trunks, rocks, dirt, is all covered up with squashy green stuff here. And like, what a bizarre hot take that is. I'm sure brown still exists in Forks. Charlie, Charlie's a policeman and drives a cruiser. I think he'd be wearing that brown uniform. There'd be some trees without moss. There's fences. Brown would still exist. That, she's, she's being ridiculous. But Edward throws her a bone and he's like, yeah, you're right. Brown is warm. And then he sweeps her hair back behind her shoulder. Creepy. And so pretty much all day he's asking her all these little questions. You know, movies she didn't like, movies she did like, where she's been and stuff about books. Uh, I do not want to hear about any of this. It's just, it's not interesting. And she says, mostly his questions were easy, only a very few triggering my easy blushes. But when I did flush, it brought on a whole new round of questions. We can't get through a single chapter without her blushing. This, this really is the most repetitive book. We are hundreds of pages in now. And all she's done is move to a new school, go to school, go on a couple of trips, Spend the day at school again. Spend another day at school again. Walk into the same classes. She almost got hit by a van once, but other than that, the same thing happens every day. Every damn day. 
But yeah, she blushed because he asked about her favorite gemstone and she said, Topaz. And she blushed because she thought that gave away the fact that her favorite gemstone is based off of the color of Edward's eyes. Yuck. And so then they have biology together again and Edward quizzes her right up until Mr. Banner comes into the room with the, with the TV and the VCR and he plays the second half of Brokeback Mountain for them. And then they have that same sort of electrical spark between them as they sit next to each other. Very G-rated. Very G-rated fun. And she says she sincerely tried to watch the movie, but at the end of the hour, she had no idea what she'd just seen because she just focused the whole time on gripping the table's edge so she wouldn't reach across and touch him. And I'm like, well, you know what, mate? Like, yesterday he brushed your cheekbone. He's opened up the floodgates. I think it would be perfectly acceptable if you just touched his forearm or something. Hell, pop your hand on his lap. That could be fun. Give him a handy under the biology table desk. Why not? (laughs) Then that class is over and he gets up silently and then they walk silently to gym. And then just like yesterday, he silently touches her face with the back of his hand, stroking once from her temple to her jaw before turning and walking away. Yeah, and, and clearly this is a thing now where he's just touching her face. And that's, and that's okay, apparently. And like, I'm reading this in a 2020 global pandemic context. So if someone were to touch my face in this day and age, that would be a hate crime. Like I would say, don't you dare fucking touch me. And then I'd be rubbing hand sanitizer into my face because that's dirty. You don't touch other people's faces in 2020. I'll tell you that much for free. Uh, And we hear about Jim again. Nothing happens in Bella's life without her telling us about it. And there's still some awkward tension between her and Mike, but she doesn't really care too much because she has Edward in her life now. So she runs to the car park and there's Edward and she smiles and he smiles and it's all very lovey-dovey and then he launches back into more cross-examination. And these questions were more complicated, like asking her about what she misses about Phoenix and she bangs on about how much she likes Phoenix. And eventually Edward's like, you know what? Charlie's going to be home soon. And she's like, oh my God, look at the time. Bella says, how late is it? And he says, it's twilight. That's the title of the book. What a thrill. Don't you love when the title of the book pops up in the book? (laughs) And you're always like, what does it mean? Is there a cool metaphor behind that word? And uh, not really. He just says it's the safest time of day for us. The easiest time, but also the saddest in a way. The end of another day, the return of the night. Darkness is so predictable, don't you think? And he smiles wistfully. So twilight's the safest time of day for him, even though we already know that he's not burned by the sun. Stephanie, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say twilight is this lovely little metaphor for how vampires cope with day-to-day life and then also have them be unaffected by sunlight. You can't have it all, bitch. No, that metaphor would only work if he was a real vampire that got burned by the sun. Safest time for us, easiest time for us. Just move to somewhere cloudy and your life's peachy. Freaking hell. And as far as metaphors go, is it worth naming your book after it? It's half-baked. It's half-baked at best. 
Anyway, so she goes to get out of the car, she gathers her books, and she says, it's my turn tomorrow, right? And he says, certainly not. I told you I wasn't done. And she's like, what, what more is there to ask? And he says, you'll find out tomorrow. And I'm thinking, oh, so it's all well and good for Edward to say, oh, it's my turn tomorrow, we'll take turns, but then never give up his turn. And Bella just rolls with it. Bella says, oh, all right, you can have two days in a row. And I, Bella, at this point, you need to negotiate that you can ask some questions because he's a vampire and you're just a girl in high school who, do, who likes the color brown. Like, really, he's got a lot more to answer for than you do. So stick up for yourself and ask him some more questions. This is infuriating to me. But then Edward reaches to open the door for her and his hands freeze and he says, not good. And his jaw is clenched and his eyes are disturbed. And Bella's like, what is it? And he says, another complication, glumly. Another complication. And that reminds me that this chapter is titled Complications. And it looks like we're getting one complication. So I don't know why the chapter of the book is complications, plural. So basically he's looking at a pair of headlights coming around the curb. And he's like, Charlie's around the corner, get out. And so she gets out. And so she's staring at this car that's coming towards them. And she can't quite see who's in the car, but Edward can because he's got vampire vision. And he revs the engine and drives off, but his expression was a strange mix of frustration and defiance. And then the car comes past and a familiar husky voice says, Hey, Bella. (laughs) And she says, Oh my God, is that you, Jacob? And yep, it's Jacob. And in the passenger seat was a much older man, a heavy set man with a memorable face, a face that overflowed, the cheeks resting against his shoulders with creases running through the russet skin like an old leather jacket. Very cruel description of someone. (laughs) His cheeks were on his shoulders? That's some jowls. A face that overflowed and was like an old leather jacket? How rude. How rude to poor Billy Black. And also it's interesting that Jacob is driving because he said a few chapters ago that he didn't know how to drive. But maybe he's just gotten his L's and they were doing some practice drives down to Forks. Maybe that's what that is. And so she smiles at Billy Black, but his face was scrutinizing her face. His eyes were wide as if in shock or fear and his nostrils flared. And then her smile faded. Another complication, Edward had said. And so Billy's staring at her with his intense, anxious eyes and she groans internally. Could he really believe the impossible legends his son had scoffed at? And the answer was yes, yes he could. And that's the end of the chapter. Woo, woo, woo. So what happened this chapter? Basically, we just had two days at school of Edward and Bella being that horrible smug couple. But this little Billy Black cliffhanger is, is at least something. At least the complication has arrived. Not complications, but a complication has arrived and we've just got to be happy with that. So the title of the next chapter is Balancing. Doesn't give much away. It's probably about Bella falling over in gym, to be fair. So yeah, I'll see you next week for chapter 12. Uh, In the meantime, please like and review and rate and subscribe. Send me an email at breakingdownpod at gmail.com or send us a tweet at podbreakingdown. I'd be really interested to know what your favorite gemstone is. Is it Topaz? Let me know. And I'll see you next week. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.